Generating traffic and sales can be a challenge for online merchants. But selling on the Walmart marketplace puts your products in front of millions of customers who shop on walmart.com. And right now, sellers who join Walmart Marketplace can save up to 50% on referral and fulfillment fees for the first 90 days. So get started today. Head over to marketplace.walmart.com savings. That's marketplace.walmart.com savings. Today's podcast is sponsored by SLI Systems, providers of intelligent site search and navigation solutions. Learn more at sli-systems.com and listen to their interviews at ecommercepodcast.com. Welcome to E-Commerce Conversations, a weekly podcast focusing on e-commerce topics featuring interviews with prominent people in the e-commerce space. Welcome to another edition of E-Commerce Conversations. I'm Kerry Murdoch. David Heinemeyer Hansen is with us today. David is the inventor of the Ruby on Rails software framework. He is a partner in 37 Signals, which produces collaboration tools such as Basecamp, High Rise, Backpack, and other suites of tools. David has been profiled in numerous publications such as Wired, Business 2.0. He's the recipient of the Hacker of the Year Award by Google and O'Reilly Media. And he's a very influential voice in web development today. And David, we want to thank you for your time. Thanks so much for having me. You bet. David, our listeners are e-commerce owners and managers. Most are not programmers. Could you describe Ruby on Rails to them? Sure. So Ruby on Rails is actually two parts. The first part is Ruby, which is a programming language in the same sense of Java or C Sharp or uh, what have you. And the Rails part, which is the one uh, I'm involved in, um, is the stuff that sits on top of it that makes Ruby suitable for web application development. Um, it is similar to other frameworks such as uh, .NET or J2E or Django or a lot of these other uh, frameworks that sit on top of languages that make these languages easier to use for uh, a specific uh, a target. And for the Ruby on Rails, the target is pretty much any kind of web applications. So we do have tons of people using Ruby on Rails to build their own e-commerce shops or at um, e-commerce elements to, to their existing applications. Um, and Ruby on Rails just makes that a whole lot easier. It makes it a whole lot easier for the programmers to do, and thus a whole lot faster for uh, anybody who wants to make a web application to get it out there. I know, David, our, our site, practicalecommerce.com, is a Rails application. Our chief architect, Brian Getting, is an enthusiastic proponent of, of your framework. Could you could you tell us some other major sites that use your framework? Sure. So some of the big ones people often refer to are yellowpages.com, uses Ruby and Rails. Um, Twitter, which is sometimes a blessing and a curse to bring out since they've had a fair amount of, uh, of uh, issues keeping their, their site up. Uh, I would find largely unrelated to Rails, but regardless. Um, in the uh, e-commerce space, there's a really cool site called uh, Shopify.com, which is basically an e-commerce engine where 
uh, build on top of Ruby on Rails where somebody can even easier, even without knowing programming, build their own uh, e-commerce shop. So that's some of the, the bigger ones and some of the ones that I'm interested in. Interesting. Software frameworks, I'm, it's, it's been said on frameworks that they greatly reduce the development time and therefore the expense of rolling out applications. That's frameworks in general and, and Rails in particular. Is that true in your, in your view? Yeah, I, I definitely think so. I created Ruby and Rails in part because I just wasn't getting my stuff done fast enough. Uh, Ruby and Rails was originally created for the first uh, product we made at 37 Signal called Basecamp. Um, and I pretty much had to create Ruby and Rails because I was working on Basecamp as the sole developer. I had 10 hours per week to work on the application, and I was going to school on, on the side, so I needed something that was just intensely productive. Uh, and I wasn't finding that in the um, traditional environments of, of C-sharp, Java, PHP, and so forth. Um, and what really makes uh, Rails and other similar frameworks so effective are the fact that they round up a lot of the commonality that everybody goes through when they need to create a new web application. So for example, all the drudgery work of talking to the database, mapping it to objects and so forth, or wrapping up the features of HTTP to make caching easier, or um, rendering these templates that you need for your site in, in an efficient manner. All of these things are common elements that all applications need. Um, so you can build on top of that, and, and we've, with Ruby on Rails in particular, uh, has popularized a notion called convention over configuration. So before Ruby on Rails, it was most common that uh, frameworks and environments would assume that everybody was starting from scratch. Everybody was starting from a blank slate, and then they had to configure every single part of the framework and of the environment from scratch to fit their application. Well, what I noticed was that everybody seemed to be doing the same thing over and over and over again. They all seemed to be putting roughly the same pieces of configuration in line, or they were all tweaking pieces of configuration that just didn't matter. Like, what do we call the primary key in our database? Um, that's just a decision that has no bearing on the end application. So why bother spending and wasting time on, on figuring out what that should be? In Ruby on Rails, instead, we've chosen to go with what we call conventions. So there's a whole lot of decisions that have been made up front about how a web application should work on a technical level, such that not everybody needs to repeat the same choices over and over again. And that massively speeds up the uh, development time um, to create a new application because you're not starting from a blank sheet. You're basically just filling in the bits that are unique to your application instead of trying to, to write the whole novel yourself. Um, so that makes things a whole lot easier, and it makes it a whole lot faster, and it gives everybody a common baseline. Um, so developers can much easier jump from one Ruby on Rails application to the next than, say, jump within the PHP world, where everybody pretty much is rolling their own stuff, coming up with their own conventions, um, having their own idiosyncrasies. Uh, and that... Um, that really isn't very effective in my mind. Um, we've really had a lot of uh, uh, effect out of just having that baseline that everybody can kind of agree on 
um, and, and it's much easier to pick up new applications. It's much easier to add new programmers to a project uh, if they're already familiar with Rails and so forth. How much time does it save? You mentioned Basecamp. Uh, you're the application you developed, David. Yeah. If, if you didn't have the framework when you were working with that, uh, how much how much time, what percentage of time does it save? It's very hard to, to generalize in these things. People have claimed anything from uh, their 50% faster to their 10 times faster. It very much depends both on um, the environment you're coming from. Uh, are you working with Java? If you are working in Java, what framework are you using? Are you working in PHP? What are kind of the tools and techniques? So it's pretty much impossible to generalize these things. But um, lots of people have, through their own experiences, mentioned that they're multiple times faster at what they do. And for my own personal use, if it hadn't been for Ruby on Rails, um, I probably wouldn't have done Basecamp. It just wouldn't have been feasible for me to do an application where I only had 10 hours per week uh, and I had to finish it all by myself. I just don't think I would have um, made it all the way through in, uh, in one of the mainstream environments. How long did it take you to, to, to write and launch Basecamp? Uh, I think we spent about four or five months of, of that process of spending roughly 10 hours per week um, well. to do it. Uh, we launched Basecamp in uh, uh, February of, uh, of 2004. David, I, I'm not a programmer. I'm a publisher, but I've known lots of developers. And your framework, Rails, uh, Ruby on Rails, seems to me that it it affects web developers in almost an emotional way. <laughs> I've had se I've had several of them comment on that. In terms, we 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 recently had a communication here with a developer who told us that your framework changed his life. <laughs> How do you respond to that? So I, I think for the general course, why are programmers more passionate about Ruby and Rails than any other environments? I think it's because Ruby and Rails is passionate about programmers. Um, Ruby itself as a programming language was created with one core mission, to make the programmer happy. That's the stated mission of the Japanese guys, uh, Matt, who created Ruby, uh, and I thought that was just such a powerful mission statement for a language. And it's very unlike the otherwise science-y um, reasons and arguments for why a certain language is better than another language. Um, Ruby focused really on being a pleasure to use. Uh, and that's certainly not something you can say for most of the mainstream environments. Sure, you can get stuff done, but it's rarely a pleasure to get it done. So we tried to do the same thing with Rails, to bring that notion of making the programmer happy from Ruby and into Rails. Um, and I think that that really resonates with programmers, that they learn that how their tools are structured has a big impact on their motivation. It has a big impact on their happiness on a day-to-day -day basis. Uh, and when you structure tools, According to that, when you make choices according to what would feel best for programmers, um, you arrive at a very different set of uh, decisions and, um, and structures than you would otherwise. So, for example, one of the big things we have in the Ruby and Rails world is the notion of beautiful code. Um, and code should not only be functional, it should not only run a program, it should also please the programmer who's writing and reading that code itself. Um, so we care a great deal about making the 
settings of the framework and of the application strategy with the framework are of paramount importance. And I think that that's something programmers can really um, appreciate. Once they've worked in Ruby and Rails, it's usually very hard for them to go back to to languages and environments that are not optimized for happiness, that are not optimized for beautiful code and all of these other things that they've tried in the in the Rails world. And then the the, the counter to that is that, or not the counter, but the consequence of that is that people become really, really passionate about it. They see that here's an environment created with them in mind um, that cares about them, and, and they respond to that in in return with with a lot of affection for the for the language and for the framework. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Our audience, of course, are e-commerce merchants by and large. What do you? What do you think of e-commerce? What do you think of the state of e-commerce? What do you think of most e-commerce sites that you see out there? I think that things are a lot better than they, they used to be. I I buy pretty much everything I can online. Um, and sure, a fair amount of that does go through the, the major uh, uh, vendors or merchants such as Amazon and uh, Zappos and so on. But um, I, I generally find that, that most e-commerce sites are just a lot better than they used to be. Um, and I, I see that the, the trend coming up from sites such as Shopify.com that makes it really easy for, for people who aren't necessarily the greatest programmers in the world to, to put up a very convincing uh, shop. It's helping things even further. That just as Ruby and Rails have standardized some of the technical paradigms, um, sites such as Shopify.com is, is doing a great deal to standardize um, building an e-commerce shop. And at the same time, I'm also an e-commerce vendor in the sense of selling base camp, high-rise, backpack, and the other applications we have at 37 Pickles. And I'm certainly finding that there's a change from when we launched Basecamp uh, four years ago and, and until today. I mean, uh, it wasn't that long ago where you still had arguments with customers about, hey, can I put in my credit card or whatever? And today, that's just a non-issue. We don't get any support requests saying, oh, I don't trust your site for putting my credit card or whatever. So it definitely seems like the, the state of things have moved forward in a very positive way. Mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite e-commerce site? Um, I recently, I've, I've liked Zappos a lot, uh, and mm-hmm. it's not so much because of the site itself, but because of the organization and the uh, incredible emphasis that they place on customer service. Um, one of the great e-commerce experiences I have had over the past year or so was, um, well, or slightly more than that, was ordering my first pair of shoes in Zappos uh, and clicking off normal delivery and then getting an email two hours later saying, we've upgraded your uh, delivery to next day. You're going to have it in the morning. I, was, I almost didn't believe it. Like, I made that order at, like, 8 o'clock in the evening. And sure enough, at, uh, at 8 o'clock in the morning, I had uh, the pair of shoes I ordered. And I found that pretty incredible. I found it pretty incredible uh, when a site and an organization just goes to the extra length to, to make sure that the customer is, is, is really happy, even for things that he didn't explicitly ask for. So I, I love that for, for shopping shoes. But um, I also found that um, there's actually a ton of shops that I'm finding through Amazon that are selling through Amazon but aren't. Amazon themselves, like clothing stores and so forth, that I'm discovering that way through and uh, and really enjoying. Um, and then, of course, I'm, I'm also, as I mentioned, I'm already a big fan of Shopify.com and the, the, the um, 
e-commerce sites that they're hosting on that platform. They're just really pretty. One of the things about home-rolled e-commerce sites is that sometimes they're not, they just don't look that great. Um, and, I mean, you can still do very well even though you don't look that great, but it's just, it's great to see the marriage of, of superior web design with uh, e-commerce shops. And Shopify.com just has a ton of good examples of that. Well, Shopify has certainly made a made their mark in the e-commerce world. We profiled them last week, and certainly a, certainly a great application, as near as we can tell. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I know the guys behind it, and they're really doing uh, a kick-ass job on it. And, and that's another great success story for Ruby on Rails. They had a very small team, uh, and they, they pushed out an incredibly impressive uh, e-commerce platform, and they're charging a reasonable amount for it. I, I think it's just such a great success story. Uh, it seems that way to us, too. David, you're from Denmark. You now live in Chicago. But tell us how you got interested in web development. So it started back in um, in the late 90s when I was actually working as a gaming journalist. Uh, I was reviewing computer games and console games and so forth. And I needed a website for that, um, to, to put that online. Um, so I started just learning a little bit of HTML and, and so forth on my own. Uh, and as time went on, I, I wasn't happy just having a static site. Uh, I wanted a site with community features and auto-updating and, and, and all of these things. And um, to get that, I pretty much just had to learn programming. It wasn't really something I was looking to learn programming for its own sake. It was because I wanted a program. I wanted a better gaming site. So that's how kind of I got interested in, in web development. I started learning uh, PHP and ASP and, and so on. And it just made my... Um, my site for myself, still having no real intentions of uh, of making a, a career of it or anything like that. But as time went on, I, I started appreciating the uh, creating a web application more actually than uh, than than writing a, a game review site. Um, so I, I kind of switched streams and uh, and picked up uh, uh, programming as a, as a more serious uh, endeavor from there on. Okay. Anything else on your mind for our listeners today, David? Is it our listeners, of course, e-commerce merchants? Anything else you'd like to say to them? Sure. It's just, for the Ruby on Rails stuff, if, if there are guys out there sitting with a team who are thinking about maybe we should give this a try, or I've heard that it can't scale, or, or all of this uncertainty that there is about exploring a new platform, I'd say scrap all of that and try for one day. Um, the great thing about Ruby on Rails is that not only is everything free, every single part of the stack is free. There's a ton of really good um, documentation and everything out there that's free as well. And you can actually make something useful in a single day. On the Ruby on Rails.org site, we have a video showing how you can make a very simple blocking system in 15 minutes. Well, you can't make most sites in 15 minutes, but when you can make a very simple blocking system in 15 minutes, you can definitely make an interesting uh, task in a day. So I think that, that there's not really a whole lot of reason to, to read so much about it or hear so much about it when it's free and very easy to test it out on your own. So I strongly encourage people who, who are either are programmers or work with a programming team to, um, to get the guys to use it. Give it a try um, and, and see if they like it. Maybe they don't and then all they wasted was a, a single day of playing time and maybe they do and they'll to become programmers who are intensely happy with uh, with the tools that they're working with. 
Okay, and that's rubyonrails.org is what you just referred to there. And actually the main site that I'm blocking at now is our 37signals block. It's at 37signals.com slash SVN. We actually do blog a whole lot about um, small businesses, very much applicable to, to e-commerce sites, uh, and, and how we run our team, how we do four-day work weeks, and, and all stuff like that. So I encourage people to check that out as well. That's 37signals.com forward slash SVN. Okay. And David Heinemeyer Hansen, I want to thank you for your time today, sir. Thank you so much. That's all the time we have for this week's e-commerce conversation. I hope you enjoyed it. Please tune in next week for another new episode.